Do you have a topic for us? Do you want to see if you have more hats than Tim? Are you the only one amongst your friends that's a big old basketball dork? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then boy howdy, we want to hear from you. Go to thecorner3.net slash contact where you can find our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail and reach out to us with whatever you want to talk about basketball-wise. I don't need to hear the weird stuff. We're not into that. Hey everybody, Alex again. Because we record this show on Wednesday and post them on Fridays, there is always the brief chance that we might miss some news. With that being said, we at The Corner 3 would like to extend our deepest condolences and sympathies to the family of NBA reporter Craig Sager. Craig Sager passed away today. Uh, Today is Thursday the 15th, and we would be remiss to not mention it. The Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Check us out at thecorner3.net. Alright guys, I'm calling it. Zach Levine is the most improved player of the year. What do you think? Could be a thing. Yeah, maybe. He's he's good, right? It's early. We're still doing this? Points, yeah. points per transition, 1.3 right now. Absurd. He's he's a scorer, man. He's he's getting buckets. So, yeah, you using uh, points per transition as a sight like a sighting stat is absurd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't even sure that was a thing until you just told me. So I was just like, yeah, cool new stat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he's leading something. All right, <laughs> you know, analytics, Tim. That's those go like hand in hand. Uh, I had no idea. <laughs> Alex, you played a fancy baseball league with me. You know I don't use, like, batting average. I use on-base percentage. Yeah, I still want to do the all-efficiency NBA <laughs> fantasy league. More That'd than be amazing. Anybody. It'd be like, the best player, Hassan Whiteside, would be like, what? <laughs> it's like, oh man, I love this guy's true shooting percentage. <laughs> I think Butler right now is, like, third or fourth in um player efficiency rating. So, yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. After that trade I just did? Jesus. <laughs> so, on that note, guys, it's a, another fantastic edition of the Corner 3 Podcast, as we are getting you ready for a lot going on in the NBA. Uh, some games of the week, obviously our usual highlights, but we're going to start here, Alex, Sean, with um, some big news that came out this week. We finally, ladies and gentlemen, have a CBA. So, for all you NBA fans out there who have suffered this twice in the last 22 years, there will be no lockout. I need my Kermit the Frog excitement, like, like soundbite there as I say that. Um, <laughs> that works. I'll take that. So, it looks like um, from what's coming out, it's a seven-year deal. And I know some of the things that were mentioned, first off, like Adam Silver is talking about, like, opening the season a little earlier than Halloween, so not as many back-to-backs. We're all okay with sure. that. A shortened preseason, even better than that. And just to- to- totally okay with that. <laughs> yes. And but now, however, there is the new stipulation that whichever conference wins the All Star Game, their corresponding NL or AL baseball team gets home field advantage in the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what, how's that work for like New Orleans, who doesn't have a baseball team? It's drawn out of a hat. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. But uh, most importantly, what I think on here is awesome is on the sake of the human element, 
Um, another reason why the NBA is a million times better than the NFL as a product is they are completely wor- like reworking the domestic violence issues there. So when we talk about who I'm loving, I'm going to go in with Adam Silver because he's amazing and he should be the president of the United States, how great he runs the NBA. Um, but I'll get to that in a second. So, guys, you know, Sean, we'll get you started with the conversation here, man. Uh, what do you take away from this new CBA? I know more important for you, most important for you is, hell yeah, no lockout. But, um, you know, have you looked through anything? Is there anything that's jumped out to you? Are, are, I mean, are you excited that this is happening? Yeah, of course I am. That, that lockout season a few years ago about killed me. So Was it because the Heat uh, won the title? No, it wasn't even that. It was so sad to not have NBA basketball that fall. Yeah. Like, it was just so, so sad, and we waited till Christmas Day. Now my Bulls got a win that day. It was one of the best games I've probably ever witnessed, because Derrick Rose hit a runner over top of Pau Gasol, and they beat the Lakers Yeah, at, at Staples Center. It was pretty incredible. I uh, One thing I, I saw that they're, they're not changing is the one-and-done rule, mm-hmm. um, which, uh, you know, I don't know if that's something that... I don't know how other players feel about that. I don't know if... You know, I, I imagine the veterans probably want the younger guys to go to school for two years just for maturity reasons and just to kind of get more acclimated with the game because you have so many young guns coming in after one year of basketball and still waiting for that Ben Simmons documentary that's supposed to drop. Um, it's you know, awesome, about man. him. Pre- have you seen it? Yeah, I have. It's, it's, it's our, I didn't know it was out yet. Yeah, it's on Showtime. Um, I think it's on Showtime's okay. on demand, so. Okay, okay. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, I, I, I think I, I, I want to see I want to see the best players on the courts every time I watch the NBA. And some of these kids that are like 19 years old just aren't really cutting it. And, you know, most of the time, unless your name is LeBron James, you're not going to have a great rookie season like that. So, um, you know, that's something I think, you know, I, I, I hope they'll continue to look at. But, uh, yeah, I'm just happy we're going to have basketball again for a few more years, uninterrupted. I uh, love, the, love the shortened preseason. I hate the preseason more than anything. It's terrible. I yes. wish they would just abolish it. Just throw them out on the court and just let them, just throw them to the wolves and just let them play. Because there's nothing worse than watching any, sorts, any sort of sports game where the game means absolutely nothing. Dude, there's I... nothing. There's nothing more sad than that. I agree, and, like, to me, the thing that annoys me about preseason is, like, Bulls-Cavaliers preseason games, and then they play, like, four times in the first two months. It's like, well, what what, what, what was the point? Like, you're, like, going to tire us out on this rivalry games before, like, Christmas. I, I hate that. And I, I wanted to kind of, I wanted to hit on the, uh, your, your one-and-done thing, too. Uh, do either of you guys think that maybe that should be something that might be decided at the college level since they're the ones that kind of market the, they're ma- they're the ones making the money off the players. I feel like, why don't you think like the NCAA isn't more involved in like an agreement with that? Well, I, I wish they were God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about it. Do you think John Calipari would be upset with the two and run with the two and done rule? No, he would never not win a championship. Yeah. The, the people who'd be the most upset would be the players who don't want to go to college. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's where, like, the Brandon Jennings circumstance comes in, you know, where it's like, you know, I can go to college or I can go to Greece for a year and come back, and that's what he did. Um, I mean, he was the number three player in the country when he did that. Like, yeah. so, 
you know, openly complained about how he didn't get paid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I mean, like it's it's those. I think it's that thing where like, yeah, that's an option, but somebody tried it and it didn't exactly pan out very well. True, but you know, someone's. I mean, I think. I truly do think, and I agree with Sean as far as maturity, learning the game, getting, you know, playing at a higher level. Because those kids that are one year high school, one year NCAA, the NBA, like that's three different worlds that you're getting into in such a short period of time that you don't have time to really like grasp it. And like you know, unless you're Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Davis, you know, hell, Damian Lillard was a four year player in in college, and he was the Rookie mm-hmm. of the Year that year. I know you know that very well, Alex. Um, <laughs> so, and not to mention he came from Weber State, which is like a super small school. So, um, yeah, man, I think that the NCAA, if it had their way, if they could get a deal in that circumstance, I think they would be all for two and done because they do it in football. You have to be three years removed from high school before you can enter the NFL draft. So, I get it. Yeah, it, it makes sense for that. I think for every party, I think it makes – the only person who should be complaining about that is the player – but, uh, you know, I, I'm all about building up a team, and I that's why I can't keep up with college basketball. They don't have the same players every year. It's uh, it's really hard to keep up with. they got new players, and you're always scouting. And it's, uh, you know, with the NBA, you can build something. You know, most players, majority of players, stay in the same place for more than a year. So, that's just my thought. Well, you could be a Notre Dame fan because you get to know your players very well because they go there to graduate, <laughs> not go to the NBA. <laughs> But some of them do go to the NBA. Hey, we've got three guys in the NBA right now. They'll be, they're going to probably add two more in this upcoming draft. So something's going for Mike Bray and crew down there. Yeah, 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 yeah man. So yeah, I'm excited. Um, like we said, no NBA uninterrupted for for at least seven years now. Um, a lot of big things happening. You know, you know, a lot of different rules there. I'm so stoked, and if they could really, that's what the thing that stood out to me. I kind of mentioned in passing. If they do get it, I do believe that was the big thing Adam Silver wanted. He was going to bring the season up sooner, so there wouldn't be as many back to backs, and we wouldn't get into the situation like you're seeing right now in Cleveland, which is another topic for today's show, where guys are resting because they're playing back to backs. They're playing at home one night and they're traveling the next night, and that's a huge. So I am all for spreading out the games a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, these are still people, and you don't want to, like, I, as much as they may love doing what they do, I don't think they really want to tear their bodies up doing it year in and year out. So I, I'm all for moving the season up. Yeah, and I think that you kind of put players in a no-win when they, like, comment that they're okay with it. Like, if you saw LeBron's comments about, you know, the Cavaliers playing on Tuesday in Cleveland, then going to Memphis on Wednesday, and, you know, LeBron, Kyrie, and Love not traveling, his comment was... I've paid my dues. Now, he's already a guy that is such a 50-50 circumstance where people love or hate him. So when he goes and says things like that, you're going to have the crowd. Okay, let's go be honest. The crowd that's me that goes, you're right. You have. You are the guy. But you're going to have that crowd that's like, well, your fans, you know, want to see you play every night. Even though he's been in the league 14 years. 14 years now, guys. You know, you know, I, I was thinking about this today. And if you're resting a home game, okay. The home crowd can see you all the time, but someone like LeBron James, who was the most important basketball player of the last, you know, ten years, he has fans in Memphis. They want to see him. He's he's only he only goes there twice a year. So 
you know, or actually he only goes there once a year. Yeah. So I think they only, they only play two games against him. So that's probably his only trip there for the whole season. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think it kind of sucks, you know, for the fans that do want to see him in Memphis. If you bought tickets for that game to see LeBron oh, I agree. and Kyrie, yeah, I would be pretty, I would be pretty mad. I didn't, I don't want to see Richard Jefferson hucking up terrible shots. DeAndre Liggins. You know? Yeah, and and you know, a few years ago, the Spurs tried to pull the same shit, and David Stern he ended up fining them for it for basketball reasons. And I totally agree with that because it was the only time they were going to be visiting Miami that year. And you know, not that there were any fans in Miami wanting to see Tim Duncan, but <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I just as a fan, if I was in that city, I would feel burned. Um, you know, we don't have a city, we don't have a team here in Cincinnati, so. You know, if we ever did get a team, we'd be an expansion draft. We would have to sit through, you know, bad years where we just really wanted to go see other players. And, you know, I would feel burned if LeBron didn't come. I agree. Like, don't get me wrong. This year when I went to Indiana, Indiana to see Chicago play, I was very upset if Dwayne Wade didn't play. Uh, yeah. which I was very worried he wasn't going to because that was the night before they played the Knicks. He had like a 30-point game. Um, but, yeah, dude, so I, I certainly get that case, like, you're 100% right on that point. But at that same point, like I said, like I do fully understand that circumstance where a player is like, you know, I've done my time. But Kyrie Irving, come on, bro. Like, I love you. You're a great player. The future is all yours in this game. Has Kyrie Irving earned that, like, I'm going to go chill with LeBron on the, on the day, on this day kind of night? Has he earned that yet? That's not our call. I, I can't, I can't make a, I can't make a judgment on that. Like, if they don't, if they tell, if he says he doesn't want to play, and they say, "Cool, you don't have to," then whatever. <laughs> like it sucks for the fans, sure, but at, at the end of the day, like everybody needs some time off, I guess. True. Cal Ripken didn't yeah. take any days off. <laughs> the one and only. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I thought that um, you know, I wanted to touch on that in today's show because I knew that was going to be a thing a lot of people were talking about. And kind of getting their discussions on, um, you know, their opinions there. Because, you know, it does make sense. But at some point, like Sean said, there's going to be a fan revolt. And there's going to be fans who are going to be really upset. So, on that note, let's go to happier things, guys. Because, you know, we touch on this every week. It's got to be the, our highlights of the league so far. So, Alex, who are you loving in the NBA this week? Oh, that's an excellent question, Tim. And this is me stalling while I pull it off on my phone. <laughs> Nikola Jokic. Nice. Denver Nuggets. Jokic. Jokic. Uh, on his last game at Dallas, he it's Dallas, but 27 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists. That is his fifth double-double in his last six games. And during that stretch, 17 points on 62.7% shooting, 10.7 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 1 block, 26 minutes per, per game. Awesome. That's turned it on. He turned it on. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So it's good it's good to see. I just picked him up in fantasy as well. So You did hopefully I did. Like I need was, a center, but Right, and it was a small price to pay for me to drop Markeith Morris. Are you sure? Like that that didn't like you didn't think you didn't contemplate that for like twenty seconds as you clicked add? He's a sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> so I will stick on the uh this and you know, kinda of looking through players and who we're loving. And I, um, like I said, obviously Adam Silver, you're the man, you're the greatest. Silver for president. 
I'll, I'll fight that. I'll, I'll do that campaign. But um, I'll stick with the center position, man. I am loving Marcus Saul in Memphis. I know he just sat out early this week in the Cavs game. Uh, obviously played the next night. But he is awesome. We know that. He's the uh, one of the top-rated centers in the league, as he has been for a while. He's putting up about a little under 20 a game. And lately... He has been a rebounding machine again. He just had a triple-double last week against New Orleans. The next night against Philly had a double-double. And then the game after that against Portland almost had a double-double. It was a rebound away. And, you know, I love Marcus Gasol. I know Sean disagreed with me in the summer when I said I thought he was the better Gasol. But I am all on the Marcus Gasol bandwagon. And plus, Alex being an MMA fan, he likes to do the McGregor strut when he, like, makes a big play. I saw that. It's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. I like but I do like it better as a basketball move. I did too. It's a far it's a, it's a it's a good replacement for the how big are your balls below your knees thing. <laughs> yeah, agreed. The, the the Marco Ballinelli or whatever that was. <laughs> you like your meatball spicy? Yeah. It was something else. <laughs> or or how big Ben Gordon's balls were that one game in Boston. <laughs> oh, they were so big. <laughs> He was like Randy Marsh wheeling them down the street with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> That's how I, big they were that year. I knew you were going there. I knew it. <laughs> All right, Sean, your turn, man. You know, I, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm almost cheating by saying this, but I'm going to go with James Harden. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, it, it's fair. Uh, last Thursday, the Rockets, they beat the Warriors. Yeah. Big game for them. They've since lost two games that they were competitive teams. They lost to the the Raptors and they lost to uh, the Jazz. Two competitive teams, but Harden has been playing out of his mind this season. Yep, he's averaging he's averaging eleven point six assists. It's wild. I just I I never thought that James Harden would become this guy after being traded. Like I thought he was a good scorer. That was it. But I mean, he's a hell of a distributor. Yeah, he's a superstar. And, and he's pulling down almost eight boards a game, too, and averaging almost 30 points. Last week, he had three games where he almost had a tri- – he was, he was like one stat off from, from having a triple-double. And, I mean, he's he's turning it up. Now, I know Russell Westbrook's doing the same thing week in and week out, but I don't know. I'm just really impressed by what, what, what Harden has done because the rest of that team – and that, let's just talk about the Houston Rockets in general – they're not doing bad this year. No. At all. No, Patrick Beverly's been huge. He's been uh one of one of Alex's uh fantasy guys, Clint Capella. He's yep. been he's been he's been holding steady, pretty much putting up the same kind of numbers that Dwight Howard did last year, but they're not paying him that kind of money. So, I mean, it's uh you know, they they're a really interesting group. They're they are they are one piece away from really doing anything. Because they are losing games that I, you know, it's funny they're 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 kind of outperforming these better teams, and then like teams that are on the same level as them, they're kind of falling to them. So, but uh, James Harden, all right. Yeah, dude, I agree. <laughs> um, you didn't even mention how good of a season Eric Gordon has had and really benefited. from oh being, my god, being their right? sixth man and how like yes, he's been you know awesome. And so yeah, yeah. I 100 percent agree. <laughs> you know what else has benefited him? Not being hurt. Right. <laughs> what? When you're healthy and on the court, you are successful? Weird. I mean, 
he got traded for Chris Paul, man. I mean, he was he was a big deal a few years ago. He I'm was. glad he's doing something. Yeah, like he was. I, Adidas is about to sign to a shoe deal, if I remember correctly, and then the yeah. injury started. Yeah. So um, I'll start to who we're not loving, and I know that this is going to come off as like some sipping some haterade, but I do have a, a good point to this, and I'm going to say that I am not loving the struck with the when they're losing Golden State Warriors and my reasoning for that is this if you guys caught it all um like like Shaw mentioned they did lose that game in, against Houston uh but they had a really bad night against Memphis and it was one of those nights where like I'm watching them go down the court and I'm watching them try to make things happen like they're down 20 at some point in the third and Steph just runs down the court and is shooting threes like I've started to feel like we didn't see this last year with this team where when they lo- were losing they kind of they didn't panic. They you know they were in the game. They knew the game plan. They thought no worries. We can shoot ourselves back into this game and win. And it felt like they tried to do that again. And when they played Memphis, uh, I think it was Saturday night, if I'm not mistaken. And it looked like that they were going down there. They were down at one point. I think it was like 85 to 65. And they were trying to go up 86 85 on one possession. Like they were just rushing. They looked like they panicked. It looks like at times when they get hit in the face, they don't know how to respond. It looks like they like. It feels like they have to get to a quick start and be ahead of everybody before they can and then coast to be comfortable. I, I worry about that team. There's a there's definitely some holes. There they have so many superstars. You know, but it's uh, it's an interesting team. But they, I, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I, I worry about them making it to the finals this year at times. Is that is that wrong? I still think that they're in the finals. I still think that, like, you know, but... Because, you know, the Clippers are the team that we all kind of feel like. The Clippers and the Spurs, you know, we kind of feel like are the two teams in the West that really give them the best chance. The Clippers literally gave them everything they had, and it wasn't even close in that... In that game last week, it was just looked like um, Golden State was just on another level. So, but yeah, I agree. You know, I do have concerns about certain things. I think losing, you know, we talked about this before. Losing Bogut for them was huge. Um, I didn't realize how big losing Harrison Barnes would be for that for their second unit. And I also did not realize that losing most Spates would be so big for them at times. Ooh. Yeah. But, but we say this, you know, we're talking about this team where it's like, like this, but then they're going to turn around and have another game like they had, you know, where they just go nuts and they have these crazy games. And I think that it's going to be more of that than the other case. But it does look like when they get hit at times that they don't, you know, that they're like, oh, okay, well, we're 73-9. and nine. We're the two-time Western Conference champs. We've got this. And it's it looks like that sometimes they run out of time when they're trying to come back. Well, I think you kind of hit on it too when you mentioned all the bench players that are gone now from the second unit. And when you, I think when you lack that depth or you don't have that, uh, yeah, I guess the depth, uh, to, you know, last the 48 minutes and everything. And if your shots aren't falling, you don't have a whole lot you can fall back on. And I think that puts a lot more pressure on the starters. And like you said, when a game isn't really going your way from jump, then you kind of don't have that anything else to fall back on either. So it all is really starting to rely more heavily on a less physical golden state like first line of defense that's yeah that's definitely fair uh, do I still think that this team is going to be in the finals yes but I don't think it's going to be as easy as it was last year for them even with having Kevin Durant which by the way he's amazing did you know that it, 
By the way, it was not easy for them to make it to the finals last no, year. No, 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 no. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. I'm I don't know like, if you remember that that seven game series. That's not what I mean. Thunder. No, that's not what I mean. What I meant was like the seventy-three and nine walk through immediately to the number one seed. They're going to get smacked in the mouth again this year. It's going to happen. I don't know who it's going to be this year with the Thunder not having Kevin Durant, but uh, the Clippers and them have the rivalry, but I. You know, the Warriors really don't like them, and they really, really get off on on making them look bad. So I don't know if there's anything they can do with them. So I don't know. I guess I would. I guess I would say the Spurs are the biggest threat, but I don't know. The Spurs are always the biggest threat. Yeah, that's right. You can't sleep on them. They're all. They always loom. (laughs) This is this is Memphis. Truly, isn't a bad basketball team. No, 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 they're not either. I just, I, I think this is one of those years where, like, it's just every every few years the Spurs sneak into the finals without anybody going thinking about it, and this could be one of those years because they're, they're due like a finals appearance for us just to be like, oh yeah, yeah, we forgot about them. Yeah, they're they're always good, <laughs> but I don't know. They did just lose to the Bulls on Friday night. They did. Yeah. They did. Yeah, that was something. Um, so, Alex, on that being new, you know, what's uh, what are you not loving about the game this past week? I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now. Jan <laughs> Mahimi. <laughs> oh, Jan Mahimi. You guys laugh, right? It's real funny. You know who's not laughing? Washington, D.C. is not laughing. At Jan <laughs> and his four-year, $64 million contract he signed to play one game this season. He's missing his 23rd game tonight. He last played on November 26th against San Antonio, where he posted four years, six, four years, $64 million worth of one point and one rebound. <laughs> Get the fuck out. Oh man, you always you always pull something out of your ass like that that like someone <laughs> we're not even thinking of, and I'm just like I totally forgot about that guy. <laughs> I wouldn't have even noticed he wasn't in the NBA anymore if he would have told me. But yeah, that 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 one game that he had against San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Everything. Oh man, you know who I'm not liking? Who's and that? I think you, I think you both know this. The flipping Chicago Bulls. <laughs> I I had to think, fucking... I had to figure that was coming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tuesday's game against the Timberwolves, they were up by twenty one points in the first quarter. I was watching it. I turned it off. I was like, they got this. There's, and then I turned it off, and I was thinking back to myself, I was like, you know what? This is the game they probably lose in the fourth quarter. They're going to do it. But this is probably turn it back on. Sure enough, they did lose. It's like Kings game all over again. Yeah, it, it's exact. It's that's exact. Alex, that's exactly what I thought of. It was that it was that Vinny Del Negro Kings game that pretty much, pretty much got Vinny fired. Like that was the end. I and speak about that game once a year. I, <laughs> that's about it. And this is this one time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly what, yeah. It and and Waj Waj tweeted. That was an indictment on the entire Bulls organization after they lost that game. Like, it was such a random tweet about a random team. But, you know, I I was thinking that same thing last night because how do you lose to the Timberwolves right now? They are a dumpster fire. 
people Zach were actually tweet people were actually tweeting pictures of dumpsters on fire on my feed during that first quarter. They're like, "Oh, this is garbage. This is garbage. This is garbage." And by God, they came back and won. Now, great for the Timberwolves. They needed a win. Yes. More than anything, they needed a win. But, you know, and I love Jimmy Butler. I love what Dwayne Wade has been bringing. Rondo didn't play on Tuesday. But their bench, Sucks. the Bulls' bench, is garbage. It is such garbage. I mean, we had two – there were two times where Doug McDermott had concussions. So he's been out an extended period of time. Michael Carty-Williams has played, what, one or two games? Yeah. Okay? And the rest of their benches – no offense to, to your boy Jerry and Grant, Tim. I'll get to that but, in a second. <laughs> But it's it's really bad right now, and they they need to be very active in the trade at the trade deadline this year because I, I have no idea what they need to do. But I, I I really wish they would just go ahead and pull the plug and get rid of Fred Hoiberg. Well, that was where I was getting at because <laughs> Hoiball is not working. Like I get they have a winning record, I get they're second in the Central, but it's not like it's a close second in the Central. You know what I mean? Like it's five yeah. and a half games already. 24 games of the year. Things that really drove me crazy about that game. First off, interesting stat. The last nine games, the Bulls have been outscored in the fourth quarter. And they've won, like, three or four of those. So, like, that tells you that they are the worst... They are a fucking awful fourth quarter team. Second thing. Jerry Grant had a very good first quarter. Yes, he did. Wow. Yeah. And then the rest of the game, that was like... Hoiberg's like, nah, Cannon, you've got this. When the game is in the closing factors, and I know that this is, like, not exactly picking between Stefan Marbury and, you know, like, a Nate Robbins or anything, like, as far as, like, that clutch, like, go- go-to point guard fourth quarter kind of player. But I- how do you pick Isaiah Cannon in this game to, like, close the game out over Jerry and Grant, who's your young guy who you traded for and you let him start the game? And I know... And this is why I think the, the start stat is the most overrated stat in sports, because I don't think that's the case. That's what matters the most. But Isaiah Cannon has, like, after the first six games of the year, been atrocious. He is a bad decision maker. He is not a great shooter. Um, we don't even have to talk about his defensive play. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Like, I'm sure he's a good team-like guy in the, to have in the locker room. He does a lot, He's done a lot of cool stuff in the community I've seen on the Chicago Bulls Snapchat. But, <laughs> No! Just, no! Like, I can't see a world, and I'm not just saying this because I've been covering Jerry as long as I have. I can't see a world where you trust Isaiah Cannon, who the Philadelphia 76ers didn't even want, <laughs> over Jerry and Grant. Agreed. Yeah, I don't have much to follow that up with. <laughs> like, I mean... You know who they do need to play more? I'm all on the Christian, I'm all on the Felicio bandwagon, man. When he's in the game, he's a yeah. spark. He's such a good passer. I love that guy. When Wade yes. threw that alley oop to him last night, I was like, "He's athletic." What is this? <laughs> oh, we, we gotta talk about we gotta talk about Robin Lopez's hook shot a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, and we'll, we'll close Bulls Bitchcast with uh, Robin Lopez's he was, hook shot. He he was he. I don't know what it is. It is the worst looking hook shot I've ever seen. He shoots it like from his hip, which is like the it, he is the most blockable hook shot I've ever seen. But he flips it off so fast. It goes in like ninety five percent of the time. I don't understand it. It's it's so terrible looking. And he was awesome that first quarter. Yes. By the way, he was awesome. I've been pleasantly surprised with Robin Lopez. Me I will too. say that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I actually might rather have him than Noah right now, just because, no, like, it, it makes me feel better that Noah's not having a very good season at all since we let him go. He is shooting but... 31% from the free throw line. 31%. Oh. Man, he's he's getting up there, too. I mean, his his best days are behind him. Well, yeah, you know, but I don't uh, even think Shaq shot 31 at any point. That, those those shitty uh, French sneakers that he had a deal with ruined his feet. <laughs> so those took, those took at least two or three years off of his career right there. <laughs> and then you add that with Thibodeau hounding him every day. No, it's it's a wonder he's able to even walk out there every night. <laughs> oh, man. Last thing I want to touch on the Bulls that really frustrated me. Your last two first-round draft picks did not play last night. They, I know Portis hasn't been outstanding, and I know Valentine like is battled injury and now things like. But like, if you're gonna build this future team that you're quote unquote getting younger and more athletic, which they didn't do, don't you think you should play your younger and more athletic players? I I don't know if Portis is trustworthy. I think that's his problem. I get it. I just think that you know the only way you're gonna find out what he can do is playing them. Sure, I think that might have to be like almost an incremental thing, like they're doing with Felicio and. They'll maybe eventually roll out with, like, Valentine and, like, touch and go with Grant. I don't even think Hoiberg kind of has a full grasp on what he's working with. No. I don't know. I I really get frustrated because I see them beat Cleveland, and then I see them lose to Dallas and right. to Minnesota. And it's like, it's a tale of two teams. And I, I know we talked uh, last week or two weeks ago uh, about how Tom Thibodeau isn't a four-quarters coach. And I think the same might go for Fred Hoiberg, or maybe it's just the Bulls in general. But this is this isn't the first time, like you said, they get outscored in the fourth quarter. And I mean, this just isn't a team that's made to play four quarters of basketball. And I think that's their biggest problem right now. Do you think our listeners are like Jesus? These guys talk about the Bulls a lot. Nah, nah. They're a fun team to talk about, man. They are. They have so many. They have so many problems. <laughs> they are. There's never a dull moment being a Bulls fan, you know? Like, no. Same with teams that never have a dull moment. And if we remember when we started doing Who You're Loving, um, I was all about the Los Angeles Lakers. And we know this. And we've talked a lot about them, their young team, and their bright spots, and the things we've seen, or these, uh, these little sparks. That spark has been has gone away, guys. I'm sure you've noticed. They're currently riding a very long losing streak. I know D'Angelo is out for a little while. And there's a lot of struggling things there. But that's not what I want to talk about, guys. I want to talk about Luke Walton's epic, epic, epic ejection in the Sacramento game. Like, eight minutes into the game. Like... He got fined, what, like 15 grand? Yes. And it was worth it. It was the greatest TV I've seen for the Lakers since Kobe's 60-point game. It was perfect. He... And, you know, if if you're a lip reader like us here at the Corner 3 Podcast are, you know exactly what he was saying. And who he was coming at. And I think he was justified in a way because Boogie definitely did throw Randall down. It wasn't like he like fell on him either. So I get where I got where he was coming from. But dude, like, you know, and us being guys that watch Thibodeau, like we've seen some epic NBA coach flipouts. You know, we've seen some from Phil Jackson even. And that was the best one I've seen in a long time. I'll have to watch that. I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I, I didn't I, see it either. So, so, like, I think what's what, I, what really stood out to me was um, you've, you've kind of heard guys talk about playing for Luke Walton and how excited they are. And, you know, the Lakers are such a big brand, the NBA in and of itself, that, like, the, the NBA is better when the Lakers are, like, a championship contender and a playoff team. So 
I really liked how the players were like, yeah, Coach Luke, that was awesome. I'm glad he has my back. And, like, I, that really stood out to me. I really appreciated that, especially after they were, like, basically, like, incarcerated with Byron Scott last year and couldn't do anything. So that was cool. I, I was definitely digging Luke Walton and his anchor vibes there. Oh, that's probably exactly why he did it, too, was for more like a team statement. I mean, he's from reading about like what their practices are like and stuff like that. He seems like a dude that is more about doing the right thing and standing up for his players. I think that's going to reflect on them when especially when this is like a foundation building period. Yeah. Yeah, they've uh, they've got a very bright future ahead of them. They're they're so young and uh like you said, this is the first year out of the shackles of Byron Scott and that terrible Kobe Bryant farewell season. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, and I love Luke Walton, man. He's, uh, he's really proven himself, I think. And I think he's gonna, and, and I think the, the players like him and they trust him and they're going to listen to him. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, I have faith they're going to turn it around. I uh, I don't know if they're a playoff team this year, but I think that they could definitely be that like weird stage of not lottery, not playoff. And I think that they, they have could. That, yeah, they think they definitely or, have that capability. Well, they're probably going to trade Luol. Luol's probably be gone by the deadline. I I just can't see a case where he's still a Laker. <laughs> you know where he's going? Minnesota. <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> So the old Dang and Jang connection. <laughs> Dude, I wanted that in Chicago so bad on draft night. I was like, come on, get him, get him, get him. Damn it. Um, some other NBA news kind of touched on before we get in touch about our touch our game of the week. So um, there was a comment that came out earlier in the week also from Dirk. Uh, obviously, Dallas Mavericks superstar Dirk is the greatest Dirk. Um, that's a DJ Flulo reference for you YouTubers out there. Where he said, you know, he hasn't been playing a lot, I'm sure if you've seen. Uh, like we mentioned, you know, Dallas being the Bulls last week. He didn't play at all in that game. He is meant to, had a quote where he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that if everything is hurting the way it has been, 2017 might just be it. Alex, are you ready for NBA life post-Dirk? NBA life AD. Yes, <laughs> I am. I, I, think, I think it's time. I mean... He's done enough. He's he got a championship. He stayed incredibly loyal to a single franchise, which you don't see a lot. I think we're kind of coming to the end of that era. I feel we like, are. and I mean, Dirk is the greatest European basketball player. I mean, he, yeah, I have, I will never speak an ill will, ill word of Dirk Nowitzki. I definitely think that this year would probably be the best year for him to retire. Uh, especially given how Dallas's season is currently. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think we're, I think sadly it, it'll, it'll be sad to see him go, but uh, yeah, totally ready for Dirk Nowitzki to retire. So if he retires, does that mean, is he the last nineties player? Or is there one or two more? Like, no, Rod Artest. Oh no, sorry. Meta world peace. I know he's out there, but is he really a player? Like he's basically a coach on the bench that wears a uniform and screams that he loves basketball. <laughs> so, um, with that being said, we'll go ahead and touch on our last segment here before we wrap up this week's show. It is our quarter three podcast, Games of the Week. And, guys, I am going with a very exciting point guard game. And we're seeing the two different contrasts and styles of point guard in this game. The Boston Celtics um, this weekend are hosting the Charlotte Hornets in the Garden. You know, the, one of the best basketball venues in the world. You're going to see Kemba Walker, who is just continues to become awesome 
And is probably a guy that's going to get shunned from an All-Star game this year because of all the point guards in the NBA and the Eastern Conference specifically. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. He might make it. Kyrie, Isaiah. And on the other end that you have Isaiah Thomas, who is a distributor. He is, you know, he scores. Obviously, don't be wrong. He can put some baskets in. But he is, you know, a contrast player where he is a get people involved. He's a distributor. He makes things happen with the ball in the open court. So I'm really bummed out that Boston hasn't been good this year, as good as we thought they'd be. You know, I thought we we all discussed that we thought they were two at the worst three in the East, and they haven't shown that yet, which is also crazy because Toronto's been outstanding. So I'm really looking forward to that game. Those two specifically, if they're going to have a big matchup. Al Horford's, you know, finally getting some consistent playing time there. You will never hear me say a bad thing about Jamison Crowder. I think he's spectacular and awesome, and I love second-round picks that make the name for themselves in the league. So I'm excited for this game. Um, it's going to be – oh, and I, how could I forget? I can't go without mentioning Alex's boy, Nicholas Batum, and the things he can do on the court. Uh. <laughs> All right, so I've got – for my game of the week this week. I'm reaching far out, a little further down the calendar to, uh, I believe this is Tuesday, December 20th? Is that is that correct? December yeah. 20th, whatever. What, okay, Tuesday, perfect. So, Spurs versus the Rockets. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. I'm stoked for that one. That yeah, was also I, my game of the week. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. No, no add-on to the discussion there, Sean. That was just my game of the week. I, I just told you how much I love James Harden this week. <laughs> Should I say anything else? <laughs> and that the Spurs are probably going to make it to the finals by some technicality. By technicality? <laughs> what is, is this technicality by Popovich? default? The te- the, the, by default, they're going to be like, I- I'm sorry, Golden State. You just... Oh, uh, uh, well, under uh, section, se- section 2, Article 3, uh, every alternating odd year that falls right before preceding even year with a leap year, on the, uh, the eve of Tim Duncan's retirement year, the following year, the, t- the San Antonio Spurs go straight to the finals. <laughs> <laughs> so is the ruler of Thamos. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> It's just intergalactic law. That, like, it's like, nope, Spurs get to finals. Papapin's still there, Spurs in the finals. <laughs> Wait, we're on. Tony Parker's still there? Yeah. Spurs go win the finals. <laughs> Duncan's still there? No, Duncan retired. Seven game series. <laughs> Alright, like the parameters have been set. <laughs> And since we haven't had release in a while because we love the NBA and the internet and how they are the two weirdest sisters in the world, Shaw, we haven't had a weird, stupid, wacky NBA trade rumor of the week, but don't worry, I've got one. There was a oh, I love I love trade rumors. <laughs> Gameandguide.com, Gameandguide.com, a website I've never heard of, so oh, put this fantastic one up. John Wall <laughs> to the Miami Heat for Goran Dragic. <laughs> That's it? That, that, straight up. Drogic? Straight up. One for one. <laughs> not Justice Winslow, not Hassan Whiteside, Wall for Drogic. Miami, pack your bags. John Wall's coming to town. I mean, you do that for Drogic and maybe Winslow. <laughs> and a I draft pick. No, no draft pick. I think, I think Winslow and Drogic, I think, I think that's a fair deal for him. I don't think you have to throw in a draft pick. John Wall's, John Wall's getting older, man. I mean, he's great. Don't get me wrong. We've talked about this. He's one of those guys who's just destined to be on a terrible team until he reconnects with DeMarcus Cousins and fulfills his destiny. 
Oh, we what got was the one. last like one for one NBA trade. Right, like, like a good, like a good one for one one. I don't. Yeah, know. when was the last time that happened? Oh God, it's it's been a while. Carmelo got traded for pretty much the entire Knicks team. Uh, Derrick Rose got traded for like four players. I mean, hey man, Jushin Holiday was in that deal too. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and uh, how could I forget this one? Selling me, guys. Paul George to the Los Angeles Rus- Lakers for D'Angelo Russell and Brandon Ingram. No, no, <laughs> no. If he did, that's that's like a that's a that's a deal that you make if he demands a trade and says he's not re-signing the next year. You make that trade one hundred percent of the time, but you don't do that when you have a top five NBA player on your team. Oh. Top seven. You're very cautious of the seven. Like when you were like LeBron know, James is the seventh best player ever. Like he's he's six, man. He's six. He's six. He'll probably he'll probably be in the top five by the time he's done. Three. So, but top three. Oh come on, Jesus, Tim. Three. <laughs> I will fight that battle. But we don't have a long there, enough there, show to do that. There, there, Forty guy... years down the road, this is the same conversation, except where Sean's in a park and he tips over his chessboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, last thing before we get out of here. So we all know I'm a shoe guy. Um, the, NB- the ESPN has been doing their like top NBA sneakers of all time. They literally had a thing this week where they did the best, the top ten greatest basketball ads of all time, and. I had so much fun reliving some of those. This is kind of a personal story here. Um, if you remember some of them were on there, there was the, uh, the Little Penny Super Bowl party when, like, every Nike athlete was there except for Michael Jordan, obviously. Um, they yeah. had that one. Obviously, it's Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley. I mean, um, Charles Bar- uh, Mars, Mars Blackman's Is It The Shoes was on there. Charles Barkley's I Am Not A Role Model. And then, of course, the Pick Your Weapon that we all talked about with Larry and Magic. So... I had a lot of fun going through those again. And you know, bringing up LeBron was what reminded me because one of them was the Jameses. If you remember that Nike commercial where, like, all the, like, LeBron, like, basically pulled the Eddie Murphy and played eight characters in one thing. And yeah, yep. it was super awesome to see again. I had a blast. He's hands down the best NBA actor I've ever seen. So, uh, gotta give him props. <laughs> <laughs> Third best player. He's the he is the seventh best <laughs> athlete turned actor. <laughs> uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta put OJ ahead of him, right? <laughs> Jim Brown. Jim Brown. Yeah, his uh, his part in uh, Mars Attacks. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known you'd go with a sci-fi film. Before we get out of test here, we're going to wrap up this week's edition of the Corner 3 Podcast. Guys, next week's show, we get to talk Christmas basketball games. Yay! Woo! So, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this week's edition. On behalf of the team here, be sure to check us out, as always, each and every week, and subscribe to us on iTunes, review our show, tell everyone how much you love us so we can get our name out there, and follow us on Twitter at the Corner 3 Pod. So, on behalf of Sean, Alex, myself, we're going to wrap up this week. Enjoy some great games this week, and we can't wait to talk a little bit more hoops with you guys. Thanks for listening to the Corner 3 Podcast, weekly tales of the NBA's hardwood from the suburbs of Cincinnati. Be sure to add us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our brand new website at thecorner3.net.